everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Good morning, church. So good to worship together. I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read a pretty long passage of Romans chapter 8. Over the next three weeks, you're going to get every verse of Romans 8. And as we open the words of of Scripture, let's open our hearts to the Word of Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for your Word to come into our lives. That as we open our Bibles on our laps, as we turn to Romans 8 on our, our phones or iPads, Lord, as we approach your Word, that we hear from you your voice speaking to us grace and truth and life and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 8, 1 to 17. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters... We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. This is God's Word. I've come to believe Jesus brings life. Well, friends, how about this 2020? What do you think? 
I thought I was ready to see 2019 walk out the back door. How about 20? You got any opinions about 2020? I like these uh, memes that are going around about 2020 plans. The plans I had for 2020 and what actually happened. Let's look at one. Here's, here's the plans I had. Just walking. It's looking great. And here's what actually happened. That's 2020 for you right there. Or the plans I had. What could possibly go wrong? Here we go. Whoops. Watch out. 2020 coming your way. Or one more. This is my favorite one. Here's my plans. I'm going to win the office chili cook-off, but... Th- oh, no! That's 2024. <laughs> 2020. Friends, we're just about at the halfway mark of this year, and I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a turnaround. I'm ready for something to shift, something to change. Maybe the, maybe the back half of 2020 will, will make up for the first half. Now, if that's going to happen... It's got to be pretty darn good. I mean, we're going to have a crazy six months to make up for the first half of 2020, aren't we? But it's possible. 2020 could be the best year of your life, of our lives. God's up to something big. As a friend of mine said, 2020 might not be the year we wanted, but it might just wind up being the year that we needed for God to do His work in us, to shape us, to soften us, to prepare us to serve Christ with greater effectiveness, with greater faithfulness than ever we have. I'm ready for a turnaround. There's nowhere to look for a turnaround quite like the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. The fulcrum the hinge point, the, the linchpin, the hinge of history where everything turns around the cross of Christ. It's where Jesus turned death into life. If that can turn around, anything can turn around. Anything is possible in the power of Jesus Christ, the power of His cross. What have you come to believe? I've come to believe that Jesus brings life. In fact, I've come to believe that Jesus has won eternal life for us through his death on the cross. In John 6, the things that Jesus had said made many of the disciples walk away too much. And so Jesus asked his closest friends, what about you? Are you going to go? Are you going to go? Are you going to stay with us? And Peter said, no, we're going to stay. Besides, he said, John 6, 69... We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. We have come to believe. That's faith, believing in something, believing in something that maybe you can't see. I've come to believe. But then Peter doesn't stop there, does he? He says, I've come to believe and to what? To know. To know. You see, belief is, is faith. And after that leap of faith, after putting that faith in Jesus, they came to know that it was true. Having put their faith in Jesus, they found that their faith was well-placed. And they came not just to faith, not just to believing, but to knowledge. Knowledge of God. Knowledge of Jesus Christ. A saving knowledge. See, faith leads to knowledge. You take a risk on faith. You actually come to know Jesus. 
What have you come to believe? And what will you come to know in Jesus Christ? We're walking through the greatest story ever told. Your story with Jesus is your greatest story. And it starts with this. God loves you. God loves you. You might not believe it, but it's true. And then we recognize, number two, that something is wrong. Your sin separates you from God. You might not like to hear that. But I think if you're honest, you can see it's, it's happening. It's real. It's in the world and it's inside you. And number three, what we talk about today, Jesus died for your sins. You might find it humbling, but you need and you have a Savior in Jesus Christ. For the two weeks that follow, we're going to talk about how, number four, God has a plan for your life. Believing in Jesus Christ is just the beginning of a life knowing God. The Bible calls it eternal life. Eternal life. Today, Jesus died for your sins. Verse 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. God loves you. Your sin separates you from God. Separated from God, you are separated from the author of life. You are trapped outside the banquet. You are, you are enmeshed in your own worst self and you can't find your way out. You are separated from the author of life and separated from the author of life. Your life begins to fade. You're subject to death. Death itself starts to work in to your body. It starts to work in to your life and your life begins to fade and to ebb away. Condemnation. But now, in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. No condemnation. How does that happen? Remember Romans 6, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. No wages of sin. The sin is there, but the wages, they don't come home. They don't come home to you. They never come in. Those wages never come in. That check never gets cashed. Why? Because the, that check is cashed by somebody else. The, the, sin, the wages of sin, they come in, but they go a different direction. They get poured out on Jesus Christ. How? How do you come to such a turnaround that, that there is sin, but there's no condemnation? How do you get to a place where your sin does not bring the wages of sin into your life? Well, it's by Jesus stepping in. It's by the intervention of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. What was Jesus doing when he came? What was Jesus doing when he lived? What was Jesus doing when he died? And what was Jesus doing when he rose again? Listen to me now. Jesus did 
what we could not do. Jesus paid what we could not pay. And now we live as we did not deserve eternal life in Christ Jesus. First thing, Jesus did what we could not do. The law was powerless to save, it says. Powerless to save. Why? I mean, God told, God told you this, this is what you do to be holy. This is what you do to be perfect. Why was the law powerless to save? Why? Because it was a ladder that we could not climb in the sickness and frailty of our flesh, of our fallen sinful flesh. It was something that we could not do, but Jesus could. And Jesus did. Jesus lived a righteous life. Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life. He never sinned. He satisfied the law and he set the spirit free. Jesus sets us free to live a life in the spirit, not just a life tied to our flesh. Look at verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. We use this word flesh here, people. Paul uses this word flesh, and the Bible talks about flesh. What is that? Well, this is not just a total dismissal of life in the body, okay? This is not just one of those things where, oh, yeah, Christians hate, you know, joy and pleasure and fun. No, no. This is flesh here. Flesh is that part of us that still rebels against God's law and is subject to habit. See, the flesh can be habituated in its, in its patterns of rebellion against God, of living against His law, of, of being apart from God and against His rule. That's flesh. That's what flesh is. You give in to it. Your mind is governed by flesh. It promises freedom. But it delivers slavery. Jesus gives us freedom. I remember that story... Um, comes from Native American folklore about uh, a, young Indian, a young Native American who asks his, uh, his grandfather, what's going on? Why is it so hard for me? Why do I struggle so much to do what's right? And the grandfather says to him, listen, there's, there's two wolves at war within you. There's, there's a wolf that, that is, represents good, a wolf that represents evil, and they, they tear at each other, and they... Uh, They turn up your spirit. They cause confusion. They cause your spirit to be in turmoil. And the young man thought about that. And he said, well, how do I know how it will be for me? Which one will win? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. The one you feed. Are you feeding Life in the flesh. Or are you feeding life in the spirit? Jesus satisfied the law to set us free to live in the spirit. Jesus did what we could not do. Jesus paid what we could not pay. 
The cross of Christ is not an accident. Jesus did not accidentally wind up on the cross. Jesus Christ died for us to pay a debt we could not pay. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the cross. He is the perfect, atoning sacrifice. Verse 3, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. God did. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. To be a sin offering. Do you see that? And so He condemned sin in the flesh. God is just and righteous. God does not endure the the wrongness of the world. God is just and God is righteous. And God pours out wrath on injustice and unrighteousness. Jesus received that wrath in his flesh, on the cross, on our behalf. It was a debt that had to be paid by a human in human flesh. And so what, what did God do? God sent his son to take on human flesh, to become man, so that the wrath could be poured out on him and not, not on you and me. Remember two weeks ago, Romans 5, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. How do you get a turnaround? There's no turnaround like what Jesus did on the cross. Everything that was ours by way of of our uh, uh, sin, our disobedience, our rebellion, our anger, our selfishness, everything that we deserve, all the punishment, the condemnation that we justly deserve, our just deserts, was laid on Christ. And He took it so that you and I could receive forgiveness and freedom and the life He won for us. Jesus did what we could not do. He paid what we could not pay. And now we live as we did not deserve. See, what Jesus did on the cross was so much more. He he didn't just go to the cross to wash your soul clean for the afterlife in heaven. No, Jesus, he went to the cross to initiate a turnaround, a restoration of the harmony and order and beauty of the song of all that God intends for all his creation. And now, now we can live differently. There's a different way of life right now in Jesus Christ. You can live a free life in Jesus Christ. Life and peace, it says. The the life governed, the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Not bound to the flesh. Not limited by the carnal life. There's a new way of life. There's a new way that you can live in the Spirit. It's different from the way that you have lived in the past. You can find freedom in Christ, power in Christ. There's a new way of life to find and opened up to all who believe in Christ Jesus and receive Him as Savior and Lord. What does it look like? Look at verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh. You're extracted from a realm. You're not in the realm of flesh, but you are in the realm 
of the Spirit. You are entered into a new realm, a new way of life, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And look at this now. Look at this. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The Spirit of God is power within you for a new life that begins right now. Extracted from the realm, the limitations of life in the flesh, and lifted into life in the Spirit. The Spirit of God is power within you, power for life and righteousness, power for restoration and peace. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you if you're in Christ. It names you a child of God. Go on, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Are you sick of living in fear? The spirit of God does not make you slaves that live in fear in the realm of the flesh running toward death. No, there's something else. The spirit that you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to such you're entering a family. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies within our spirit that we are God's children. The spirit of God is talking to your spirit and it's reminding you every day you're a child of God. That's how the turnaround happens. Christ satisfies the law, lives a perfect life of righteousness. Then he lays that life down on the cross to absorb the debt that we owed. When Jesus died, he didn't die for his debt. He didn't have any debt. He lived a sinless life. And only a debtless, sinless life could pay that debt. So he paid that debt. He became sin for us so that sin could be condemned in his body. And you and and I... We could receive no condemnation. No condemnation. He took what we deserved so that we could have what he deserved. We could be called children of God. We could even call God Father, Abba Father. Kept in the family of God. Protected in the family of God. We could call God Father. Today's Father's Day, and uh, you know, it's a day we, we give thanks for the, the fathers in our lives, celebrate fathers and fatherhood. It's a day, it's celebrate men, right? Come on, let's go, men. Men get a bad rap. We're just grateful for, for, for men, and I'm grateful for my father and for fathers in my life, but I'm telling you the greatest turnaround of all is that I get to call God Father that I'd get to call God Father. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Abba. 
You know, something very special about Jesus when he taught the disciples, he said, teach us how to pray. He said, pray like this, say, our Father, Abba, reach out to God. Let the Spirit of God rest in your heart, calling out to, to God. It's Abba. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very intimate term, Abba. You'd hear kids call out to their dad, Abba, Abba. What Christ won on the cross, it wins that adoption. What the Holy Spirit confirms within you, confirms and seals this adoption, this intimacy with God. See, God loves you. Your sin separates you from God. Jesus died for your sins. He died for your sins. He knew the cost to bring you home. And he was not ashamed to call you a brother, a sister, adopted into the household of God. Jesus died for your sins, and now you can be at home with God the Father, your Father, Abba. You are his. He is yours. I've come to believe that Jesus brings life. We want you this week to take time in your journal, your greatest story journal, and and turn to week number three and and talk about that that time when you first understood what Jesus did on the cross. The sacrifice he made. How he died for you. And the turnaround and the new life that's possible in him. We want you to write that down. It's your greatest story. I'm looking for a turnaround. The cross of Christ, the hinge of history, the linchpin of being. This is the point, this is the fulcrum that can leverage a turnaround from death to life. It's powerful enough to bring a turnaround to your life. Come to the foot of the cross. It's the place where your life can turn around right now, out of flesh and into the spirit, out of the flesh that leads to death and into the spirit that brings life and peace, out of selfish and and destructive, self-destructive patterns that hurt us, hurt those around us, into a, a selfless life given away to Jesus and his purposes and his mission into life-giving patterns of righteousness and justice and, and blessing. Now is the time for an ultimate, eternal turnaround and it's available to your heart right now, right now right now. In another letter, Paul wrote, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. I want to pray. I want us to pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened right now. That you would not only believe, but that you would know that Jesus brings life. To turn around is possible. A heart of stone could be exchanged for a heart of flesh. 
a life, a, a life bound to self-destructive patterns can turn around and be a life of blessing. It can happen at the foot of the cross. I want to ask you to pray with me. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and I'm encouraging you. No one prays alone. Maybe you pray every day. Maybe this is the first time. But do you feel the courage to open up your heart in prayer and conversation with God? I want you to pray along with me, inviting Jesus into your life. Jesus who brings life. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? And as I pray these words, you simply follow along with me and learn to pray. Learn to open your heart to God. Bow your head, close your eyes, and follow after me as we pray. Lord Jesus, I need a turnaround. Open the eyes of my heart that I may believe and may know. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your power. Thank you for giving your life. Now I give you mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.